Hey, take your Bibles and you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we will read verse 14 and 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And it reads like this. I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is established forever and ever. It is unchanging. It is inerrant. It is wonderful. We delight in it today and we need it. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take the written word and you reveal to us the living word who is Jesus Christ, the person and work of Jesus that has won our salvation. And we're here to give you praise and adoration. We lift up the word of God as our authority for faith and conduct, behavior, freedom. In Jesus we pray. Bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we've been on this uh, question of why church? And you've been filling out uh, reasons why you go to church and the purpose of church, and it has been fantastic. On that board in the back there, you'll notice uh, some quotations of folks that have written out their purpose and why they go to church. Varied reasons of why people go to church. Amen. Last week, we talked about the church as God's family. And in this passage of Scripture, Paul uses three metaphors as, um, number one, that the church is the, uh, is the family of God. It's God's family. Secondly, the church of Jesus Christ is the assembly of the living God. All right, let me say that with a deeper voice for impact. The church is the assembly of the living God. Amen. God is here. The third aspect, which we'll cover next week, is that the church is the pillar or the buttress, the bulwark, the foundation, the support of truth. If you want to look around in the world and take the viewpoints and perspectives of secular humanism, you will find that you will not find truth. You will find people's opinions. You'll find people's feelings. Most people live their lives by trial and error. And mostly it's error. As they make decisions not based on the word of God, not based on the power of the Holy Spirit to lead, but it's based on feelings. It's based on human perception and perspective. And we notice as secular humanism rises in our society, the more insane things get as we turn away from the order, the created design of, of God in our culture and in our society. So we'll be a church that lifts up the word of God. Amen? Amen. Every promise in the book is mine. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we give him praise and we give him adoration for the word of God. Today, we're going to look at... 
the assembly of the living God. Being the assembly of the living God reminds us today that when we meet together, God meets with us. Isn't that something? The Old Testament, people had to look from afar of the presence of the Lord. There was the pillar of fire by night, the pillar of cloud by day. They looked upon Moses up in the mountain. They saw the glory of the Lord, but they were separated from that presence because of their sin, because of their disobedience, because of their rebellion. Jesus came to bring the promise of the Father, which is that the Holy Spirit will reside and indwell in every believer. And Corinthians tells us now that we are the very temple of the living God. Does that blow your mind a little bit? God dwells in you. He resides within you. The Bible says that the very uh, power of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the very spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. I want to let that sink in a little bit as we, as we ponder that thought. The very power and spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit now resides within you. Is there anything that can overcome you, anything that can destroy you, anything that will come against you, that will rip you from the grace and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? You are the very temple of the living God. Amen? Oh, that makes me feel really good today. Praise God. I feel good today. Because the Bible says that we were powerless. We were sinful. We were helpless. We were dead. But the spirit of the living God, the grace of God, brought resurrection life to us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God, God has a lot of great buts, amen? But God, God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Christ said he had to leave and go to the Father, be glorified in his work as, his, as the high priest, and now sends the very Holy Spirit to manifest the purpose, the passion, and the presence of the living God in our hearts and in our lives. Is there anything that can turn you from this great grace? Is there anything that you cannot see the workings of God in your heart and life? Everything that the enemy brings against the assembly of the living God, God always takes it and uses it for his glory. Amen? Whatever harm comes against you, whatever hurt comes against you, whatever offense comes against you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of the living God, he always turns it around for our good. What is our good? Is that we would be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's molding us. Amen? He's shaping us. He's getting the scalpel out and he's digging in good. And he's forming this awesome creature. This awesome new creation. Saved. Sanctified. Redeemed. Child of God. We give him all the praise and all the glory. All the praise and all the glory. The assembly of the living God. What an honor it is today to be together. Amen? Amen. To be together in the presence 
of the Lord. So being the assembly of the living God, when we meet as the corporate body, understand this, that God meets with us. And that God wants to move and have his way with all of our hearts corporately as a local church body. Move us into the passion, presence, and the purpose of God for our lives and for this community to preach the gospel for, for Jesus Christ. When the church gathers together, God meets with us. Martin Luther said, At home in my own house there is no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. Is that how you feel when you come into the house of the Lord, the presence of God, the corporate body? We encouraged you last week that when you get up on a Sunday morning, engage in spiritual battle so that you prepare your heart. When you get to this place corporately, you are ready to worship the Lord. Amen. Ready to use your gifts ready to have the grace of God pour out of your life. Somebody needs your, your touch. Somebody needs prayer today, amen? Somebody needs a hug today. Somebody needs a holy kiss. No, maybe not a holy kiss. But somebody needs you today, the child of the living God. We are the body of Christ. And every piece of the body, every part of the body is significant and important when it comes to the assembly of the living God. Oh, what a great God we serve. Never ever think that you are so little and that your life can't make a difference. Somebody witnessed to Billy Graham. Amen? Amen? Somebody told Billy Graham about Jesus. And we'll find out who that is when we get to heaven. The little, sacrificial, constant, consistent works of service in God's kingdom will reap rewards that we will not even be aware of until we see Jesus face to face. All this stuff, all that we do here is so that we can preach the gospel and tell somebody that you can come from your death and come into newness of life. You can come from your darkness and come into light. Amen? You can leave your sorrow and your shame and your guilt and step into this wonderful relationship of being accepted by a holy God. That when he looks at you, he sees not your sin, your weakness, your inadequacy. He sees the righteousness of Christ. What a God we serve. Because when we lay our head down on the pillow, we understand who and what we are. Amen? I'm so glad that uh, we got out of the 80s and 90s. The 80s and 90s was... Dress for success. Never tell anybody that you're faltering, that you're failing. Okay? I've told you this before. I was a pastor's kid. When we would get in the car, we lived a half an hour away. My father had a church in the Bronx. He had a church in Long Island. We would drive. That drive was hell. Amen? We, there was fighting. There was bickering. And my father had a wonderful right hand that reached way back into the back of the station wagon, it seemed like. To get you. But when we hit that parking lot, baby, everything was smiles and, uh, and glory. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. My mom had a way of grabbing my ear as she was talking to somebody, and she would twist, and she would be like, praise God, how are you doing today? Amen. <laughs> she would twist that ear, and I'd be like, oh, you know. Listen, 
When I grew up, I needed authentic, I needed an authentic relationship with Christ. Because I knew that without an authentic relationship with Christ, I'd be the worst sinner that this world would ever know. But thank God for his grace. Amen? That he's come upon us. That he chooses us, Ephesians says. He's, he's the seeking Savior. He seeks us out. We were the one that left in the thicket. Instead by sin and death, Jesus came, the shepherd of our soul, and saved us. Amen? Man, we have so much to be grateful for, don't we? Oh, being the assembly of the living God. When God meets here with us, expect him to move upon your life and expect him to use you to give a hand, to give a word, to discern what's happening in people's lives, amen, and to speak a word of encouragement. When we meet together, God meets with us. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us, you are a chosen race, a royal, this is, okay, all right, get this into your kidneys, okay, and into your heart. Listen to this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. King James says a peculiar people, that is true, some of you are out there, okay, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is the glory of being a, being a Christian. Our, our selfishness, our self-centered has been turned over into this wonderful sense of being God-conscious and God-centered. It's not all about us anymore. It's about the glory of the Lord, amen? Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are possessed by God in fully and wholly God's possession. The Bible says in the Old Testament that we are a treasured possession in God's hand. He cherishes us. The God of creation, the God of redemption, the God over all the cosmos, and the God that is the only living God cherishes you today because he loves you. And he died for you. Amen? We're not our own. We're bought with a price. And what a great price Jesus Christ paid. What a high cost of a free gift. Amen? Aren't you glad that your salvation is not based on your good looks or your charm, your personality? Salvation is based on grace. Received by saying to God, there is no way, literally, in hell that I can come to you but by your grace, by your mercy. I turn from my sin and I turn to you and I accept you as Lord and Savior. I was serving people. I was serving materialism. I was serving other things. I was serving power and glory and fame and selfishness. But I turn knowing that I am not the Savior, but you are the Savior. And I turn my heart and life over to you now as Lord and Savior. Amen? Lord and Savior. Oh, man. Secondly. Being the assembly of the living God reminds us of our calling to be a separate, peculiar, holy people. Holy people. We are God's temple. The assembly of the living God who is among us. Therefore, let us get rid of sin and everything that might dishonor him. Is there a disunity or discord in your relationship with the Lord? 
in your relationship with others? Is there bitterness? Is there unforgiveness? Is there offense? Let us repent and give thanks to God for his great mercy and love. Amen. Amen. Our God is among us in worship. Our God is a holy God. And therefore, we must be holy and we must be reverent. You know, the Bible says that as we have received Christ Jesus by faith through grace, we continue to walk in him. Every day is to be a grace-filled day. Amen? Realizing that this, that we cannot make it on our own, our own willpower, our own determination. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his grace. Paul understood this. The most highly educated on paper, a great apostle, he understood that he could not make it but by the grace of the Lord. He said that when I am weak, that's when I'm strong because in my weakness I must rely on the grace of the Lord. He said, Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient to you, for you. Do you feel that way today? That in your situation, in your circumstance, you don't know how you're going to make it, but you turn to God and say, God, it's by your grace. Amen? It's by your grace. We don't know what's going to happen with our country. We don't know what's going to happen with our world. But we know something is happening. The Bible's been explaining to us that it's been the, the last days for a long, long time. And each day brings us to this point that Jesus Christ will break the clouds and come and bring justice to victory. Amen? Oh, what a great God we serve. Until that day. We live our lives separated, holy, sanctified, calling upon the Lord to mold us and to shape us. Now, when we say separate, does that mean that we are going to buy a uh, wonderful piece of land out near Franklinville and build a communal place and we'll grow vegetables and we'll get out there all by ourselves? We'll be separate. No. <laughs> no. Jesus, I'm going to take his model. He didn't care about his reputation, did he? He was thought of as being a drunkard and a sinner. Why? Because he hung around with drunks and sinners. We are in this world, but we are not of it. Our citizenship is in heaven. And our task is to live separate lives from the influence and impact of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Live a holy life that when people look at us, they can see a difference. They can see another path. They can see the holiness of Christ, not based on our goodness, but based on his grace. How we work. Amen? Passionately as unto the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it with all your might. Do it heartily as unto the Lord in the honor of his name. When you're alone doing your work and nobody's watching, Jesus is. Amen? God sees you and honors your faithfulness in serving him and, and loving him. We are, we are a holy people. Is there sin in your life today? Is there something where God is pricking you and saying to you, you know what, you need to take care of this. I have the ability to help you with this. <laughs> I'm going to come up alongside you 
and lead you in the sanctifying work of the power of the Holy Spirit. And He's the one that does the work. He's the one that causes us to do and to will of His good pleasure. You might, you might wake up one morning with all the willpower in your heart and mind based on your human understanding, education, and influence. You're not going to make it without the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's word. Amen? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough trouble for you today. But Jesus said, come confidently to the throne of grace where you will find Receive mercy and find grace in your time of need. Amen? We confidently run to the grace of, of God, to the throne of God. We surrender our hearts to the Lord as Lord and Savior. And he leads us and he guides us and he sanctifies us today. If you're battling sin, don't do it in your own power. Get together with a brother or sister, right? The Bible says confess our sins, our weaknesses to one another. And if we will say that we have fellowship with others, we have fellowship with God, the Bible says confess our sins. Let somebody know that you're struggling. Amen? And that's why we get together during the week. Men, there's an address that I want to throw out to you one more time. You might have heard it before. It's 47 Highland Avenue, West Seneca, 630 on a Wednesday night where men get together and study the word of God. And we have an awesome, wonderful time. And it is glorious. Amen. I want to encourage all, all you men this week, 630, 47 Highland Drive. Pray for our ministries. Amen. Um, Tuesday night is grief share. Wednesday night is our men's Bible study. Monday night is praise and prep. Thursday night, praise and prep. Saturday, praise, praise and prep. Pray for us, people. There's a lot going on. And uh, if you can't make it for praise and prep, please pray. Amen? There's a lot, a lot of folk getting fatigued. It's been going on about five or six weeks. People have dedicated themselves to the house of the Lord working. You saw the video. Amen? There's a lot of stuff going on in this building that we didn't know about. Amen? We had to take care of. But God is working. God is working. I was blessed to see um, an 84-year-old woman standing in the sink, bending over, washing the back of the sink, tenaciously cleaning the house of the Lord. What, what, what stirs a person to do something like that at 84? If I tried climbing up there, I'd fall over. She was steady. She was smiling. She was serving the Lord. Seek friends, what is your life at the end of your life? What does it really mean but to live in service for our king? Amen? We've seen the death of the queen this, this week. And her motto was service in life, hope in death. She said that the, she gave... Uh, encouragement and instructions for her funeral. This scripture was shared. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. This scripture was shared. Nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. 
nothing. We thank God for people that make a stand for God. At her coronation, she said that I will, my service is to King Jesus, and my second service is to this country. Amen? That's the queen, 70 years she served. Isn't that our quest? The great philosopher Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, it might even be yourself. You're not worthy of your worship, only Christ is. Amen? Get your thoughts off of yourself. Lay yourself down at the altar of sacrifice slain and say, God, my life is over but to live for you and your kingdom and your glory and the joy that you'll experience is, is unfathomable. Jesus was known as the man of sorrow, the suffering servant, but yet what was his joy? The Bible says his joy was to do the will of him who sent me. And that's our quest today. Your joy only comes as you serve Jesus as Lord and Savior. He's your master today. How is he instructing you? How is he leading you? How is he giving you the, the purposes of your life? How is he directing you? Amen? To live your life for the glory of God. What a great, great God we serve. Thirdly, being the assembly of the living God reminds us of our need to constantly make ourselves available for corporate worship and sharing life together. Now, during the week... You got a hard day at work, you get home, you have your meal, you sit in your recliner, and it is over. You're not moving. You are not moving, man. You got that big recliner that takes up a whole wall, and you're there, baby. You are feeling good. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, get your body up and go to men's Bible study. Move it! Right? A little prodding of the Holy Spirit. We move ourselves, and we make our way to the men's Bible study at 47 Highland. We make our way to the women's Bible study. We make our way to the house of the Lord. Last week, we talked about God's family, how Jesus said, as I have loved you, you love one another. Amen? Jesus said that they will know, the world will know that you are my disciples by how you love each other and how you prioritize each other. Amen? Getting together in this day and age is not a luxury. It's a necessity for the child of God to be in the presence of the Lord. Gather yourself with the people of God. The Bible says in Hebrews, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting or taking for granted the opportunity to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, Jesus Christ is coming soon. One day he'll crack those clouds and we'll be with him. We'll gaze upon him and behold him as he is in all of his glory, in all of his light. And he'll come around us and say, my child, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? What a great day that will be. But until then, Jesus says, occupy. Amen? Occupy. 
Do the work of the Lord. Serve the Lord. Encourage each other. Strengthen each other. Be the assembly of God that meets together. It makes every opportunity for corporate worship to be together. In Acts, they met every day. In the temple, in the houses, loving God, being instructed by the apostles, teaching, breaking bread, prayer, having meals together. Friends, what do Christians do the best? Drink coffee and eat. Amen? Oh, it's great fellowship today. We're going we're gonna to participate in awesome time of fellowship and also raising money for Arrowhead Bible Camp, which is a camp uh, that ministers to special people with special needs. And it is an awesome, awesome camp. These folks have a, a simple, innocent revelation of who Christ Jesus is. And they just love. Amen. So your, your money today as you participate in um, the soup and as we meet together later on, all that money will go to Arrowhead Bible Camp, which we are grateful. We have a team going so you can pray for them, that God will bless them, that God will give them strength because I've gone a few times and I was dead after that, man. They worked us over. So we'll pray that God will give them strength and God will bless them. If God is really among us, how much more should we gather together? Amen. When we gather together, expect God to do mighty, mighty things in your heart. Let's not neglect being together. We are the assembly of the living God. In the Old Testament, what did David say to Goliath as he brought his cheese pizza to his brothers? Forty days, these warriors took this abuse. And little David, who understood the presence of God and the purpose of God and the power of God, came up upon Goliath and said, Who is this uncircumcised, out of the covenant of God Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? Oh, man, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. We serve the living God, not a dead God. And we have an obligation as ministers of reconciliation, Christ's ambassador, to tell people about Christ, to bring people back to God, out of their death into newness of life. We are the assembly of the living God. Those who have forgotten this aspect show up to worship without a sense of anticipation or a sense of expectation. When the songs are sung, they just want to get through it because there's soup. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this thing rolling. There's chili. There's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff over there, but don't think about that yet. Um, those who have forgotten this show up to worship without a sense of anticipation or even a deep reverence. When you walk into this place, the Spirit of God is already here corporately and he's dwelling in you personally. God is going to do something. Amen? Amen? We appreciate Jamie's testimony of healing. This is something that we should not feel like it's an exception. It is the rule. Amen? That Jesus heals our body. He brings renewal of our mind. He brings strength to us. He brings encouragement to us. And he leads us and guides us along. 
as we say, Lord Jesus, be my master and be my king. I surrender to you today in the wonderful name of Jesus. We're going to have the Student Life Worship Team come up. I want to encourage you today that God wants to do something marvelous and wonderful in our hearts and lives. But we have to say yes to him. Amen. Maybe he's dealing with a situation in your life where you haven't been saying yes. You've been kind of running away from decision making. But guess what? God runs faster. Amen. God runs faster. And we're going to pray that God will bless us and encourage us. Student Life is worship team is just going to worship the Lord as we take our morning offering, our tithes. We'll pray that our, uh, our folk that are going to pass the, the basket today will come forward and we'll just have a word of prayer. We thank God for your giving. We thank God for the blessing and the favor of the Lord. Continue to give, amen? And continue to be blessed. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. More blessed to give than receive. That when we give to the Lord, it's shaken. It's pouring out. God will literally bring favor and blessing into your lap because he is our provider today. So we'll ask that uh, our young people will come and we'll, uh, we'll take our morning offering. Lord, we thank you for this great opportunity to love you, to serve you, to hear the word of God, to be in your presence, to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're so grateful, Lord, that we are the assembly of the living God. We'll fully understand your love when we see you face to face, but we thank you, Lord. We know that you love us. We know that you're gracious. We pray as we give today for your kingdom and for your glory that you'll bless us. That we, we will know without a shadow of a doubt that Jehovah Jireh is our provider. We thank you that our life and times are in your hands and we trust you confidently with all areas of our lives as we cast our cares upon you. And we give today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.